0: Welcome to the Entre Pastors Podcast. This show helps pastors think, act, and thrive as prosperous entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Les Hughes and John Sanders. Well, hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of the Entre Pastors Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Les Hughes. Les, how you doing today, man?
1: Hey John, I'm good, how about you?
0: Man, I'm pumped, I'm excited. We got an exciting topic we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna be answering the question, why is being an entree pastor a good thing? In last week's episode, we kind of introduced ourselves to the audience and told a little bit of our story, but now I wanna start making a case for why it's a good thing for a pastor to maybe look at having one or multiple additional streams of revenue, uh, for their families. So first of all, Les, let me just get this out of the way. Let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, most right. pastors aren't doing very well financially. Is, is that a fair statement? True. Very true. Tell me why that is, or you know, why, why would you agree with that? Because there's this caricature out there of the pastor that flies around the world on his private jets and right. works one hour a week and makes a bunch of money off the backs of other people, but that's not the world right. you and I see. So what do you see when you look right. out into the pastoring world?
1: Well, there are a lot of reasons for that. One is um, the pastor himself and sort of the the makeup or character normally of people that are servant-hearted. Most of the time, people that are servant-hearted put the needs of others before their own. And um, besides that, by, by nature, the profession, the calling of a person that's really even a follower of Christ, but especially a pastor, we want to depend upon god for our resources for our for our livelihood but we also need to remember that god uses different means and often in the context of what what the profession is uh, often he uses the generosity of his people to make sure that those needs are met on the church's end i think a lot of, of a lot of churches like a lot of nonprofits sort of have some a scarcity mindset for sure not a mindset of abundance
0: for sure yeah and as a result you know we see pastors that in many cases that is their sole source of income for their family and it's not you know it's not uncommon to see pastors live in paycheck to paycheck not putting much if anything uh, away for retirement for the future not really in a position of much margin financially for them to be able to do anything above and beyond just paying the bills and you and I have a vision to see pastors thrive a little bit more than that. And uh, one of the ways we think that can happen is through entrepreneurship, where a pastor is able to leverage their God-given skills, talents, and abilities to, you know, serve people in the world in a different way than how they do maybe in the within the context of the church world, and still serve the church and still fulfill that calling, but also find some way in the marketplace to to benefit. Others and then to benefit their family with an income. So, what I'd like to do in just the next few minutes, Les, is let's make a case for why is this a good thing? Why is this something that we encourage pastors to do? So, um, I'll just jump right in and share the first thing. We've already kind of uh, alluded to this first one, but um, when a pastor is, you know, adding streams of revenue to their family, it's going to help eliminate financial stress and pressure. You know, ministry brings enough pressure. In and of itself, just with the the stuff that goes along with leading a church, but then you add to it the financial pressure that a, a normal pastor carries. Not only for the church, it's not uncommon for the pastor to feel that financial pressure for the bills of the church and and the financial well being of the church. But then that also has a direct uh, correlation to how well the pastor's family is doing financially. So if we can get some more income flowing into that pastor's life, it's going to help take away some of that pressure. What would you say to that?
1: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Most of the pressure that's on a pastor, they would expect, even as they're preparing or dealing with that sense of calling. I mean, we understand the responsibility of what it means to be a, a, a shepherd over the souls of people. And hopefully help the church to minister to the needs of the community. And here's the thing that I would ask what you think about this, John, most pastors that I know don't have to look at more to do for, for more to do. Right. I mean, there's, there's plenty of bricks on their wagon already. Right. So for someone that would have those needs and even if, even for someone that would be creative and be able to think like an entrepreneur but they were to say you know what man there's just there aren't enough hours in the day there's just not enough times what what would you say to a person like that to help them see the benefit or the value of not depend upon, depending solely on that paycheck as pastor but the kinds of even that maybe even the kinds of time freedom ironically that it would create If they had a different source or different sources of revenue.
0: So let me make sure I'm clear on the question. Are you asking, or maybe you're bringing up the challenge. Most pastors are too busy as it is inside the church world. And yet here you and I are suggesting, Hey, go start a business or, you know, start Mm -hmm. some entrepreneurial side hustle. And you're kind of saying, how could that actually help them have better time management and margin, even in their schedule? Is that the, is that where you're going with that?
1: Because, because in the long run as there's as as a lot of that pressure is taken off of a pastor in that in that one area, then don't you think that that, that the freedom to maybe get away and have some a little more downtime and not have to go through that grind 24 seven, that could actually be a very healthy thing. That might not be they're short term, but certainly longer term. It is.
0: Hundred percent agree, and I'll give you two reasons why, or two thoughts maybe. One is I would say this, Pastor. Very likely you're doing too much as it is. There are that there are that profile of lazy pastors out there. I've have met a few, but that's not the norm. I would contend the normal pastor is doing way too much and needs to stop doing some stuff. And so the second thing. If you take on another responsibility like we're talking about, some kind of entrepreneurial thing, it's going to force you to take some other things off your plate in the church world. It's going to force you to really work through some time management things. And I think as you do that, like you said, Les, it sounds kind of counterintuitive. You're actually going to find more margin in your daily schedule than less because it's going to force you to get a little bit more disciplined it's that that principle of how you see you know high achieving high functioning people that seem to get so much done it's almost like the more they get done the more margin they have in their life because the more uh, in control they are of setting healthy boundaries so yeah i'm not afraid of that because if we can if we can help coach a pastor down this road we can help them set better boundaries and actually have stress coming off of their plate in ministry in terms of time as well. So I love where you're going with that, Les.
1: Mm. There's a reason that they get so much done. The people that you just mentioned, that is not an accident. Right. They don't just passively sit back and allow other people to you know, basically control their schedule, control their life. Because the truth is, especially for a pastor, someone will control it. Yeah. It, it'll be you or it'll be somebody else. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? Just having this brief conversation makes me think that's a whole. We should make a note and have a whole conversation, a whole podcast episode about that because time management's a real thing in ministry to begin with. And certainly, if you add another, you know, element to the plate like being an entrepreneur, so th- that's a that's a great thought. Here's another thing I would offer up. Another reason why I would make the case for a a pastor to consider entrepreneurship and and consider you know bringing more revenue into their family is that it's going to provide adequate financial margin to help that pastor have these necessary necessary periods of rest and relaxation it's it's one thing as pastors we hear this all the time the need for you know sabbath the need to rest the need to get away and take a break but it's it's quite another to actually have the financial margin to be able to say hey we're checking out for a couple weeks we're going to go stay at an Airbnb on the beach or up in the mountains or wherever we want to go when there's no financial margin for that, it's really difficult for that pastor to take, you know, himself, their family away, and to provide those those periods of rest away. And it's, I would contend, it's very hard for a pastor to get that rest, staying right in their home, you know, where it's so easy to get sucked back into church life, especially if you're 100%. living on the church grounds in a in a parsonage of some sort. Oh yeah. So it's like we got to get away. Yeah. What would you add to that, Les?
1: Well, what I would add is, um, I remember when I was a young pastor, pastoring a, a rural church in South Mississippi, and somehow my wife and I had scraped together w- pennies and dimes and, you know, nickels and quarters and gotten enough money to take our, at the time, our two children to uh Disney world. Mm. Now, this is, again, this is several years ago, but it was still like, you bet had to take out a small loan, you know, to take your family to this, but we had saved and we were going to go. And I remember one of my deacons at the time, a very generous guy who was, by the way, an entrepreneur and owned his own business and was one of the most generous people still to this day, one of the most generous people I know. He walked up after church, he shook my hand. He knew we were going to Disney World and he shook my hand and put in a $100 bill in my hand. And I remember thinking, what in the world? And I thought that that took off such pressure at the time because we were like, we didn't, we weren't going to buy a lot of refreshments in the park. My wife was taking the back then we had fanny packs. She was taking these fanny packs with juice boxes. And uh, we would have never splurged, you know, and gone to an actual vendor to buy spend a few dollars on a soft drink and just that generous that that act of generosity on my friend's part on that deacon's part made a difference so you fast forward to now and first of all that that hundred dollars would only buy a few drinks probably soft right. drinks at, at disney world now but you know i i want to provide that for my family yeah and i i was very grateful but as the provider i want i want that to be special and i don't want to I don't know of a pastor that wants to depend upon those kinds of things, you know, to to do enjoyable and make those memories with his family. And, and besides that, I kind of, pastors, most pastors that I know are very generous people. Why can't we be the ones that that's on the giving end of making those things special for somebody else?
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that, and, and just uh, want everyone to know that Les is talking a long time ago with the fanny packs, So I just want to make sure a everyone knows that you're not ago. wearing fanny packs right now, right, Les? Because that could have that could have taken the cool factor of this show way downhill real fast. But this, that's way <laughs> back when fanny packs were cool. So
1: they were real cool back then.
0: They were, cool. yeah. You get you get a pass on that. I just wanted to I just wanted to give you an assist there and let everyone know that was a long time ago, not like Quite well two taken. Years ago. Yeah,
1: that was back when hundred dollars could buy a lot of things at Disney World too.
0: Yeah. Well, here's another reason, and this may not resonate with every pastor out there at Les, but I, I this is really coming from my own experience in ministry. One of the reasons that I'm a huge fan of a pastor having some kind of entrepreneurial something, a, a side hustle, whatever you want to call it, is that it it allows for that pastor to have something they can focus on beyond ministry, something that they actually have a little more control over. And I'll try and give a little more commentary by saying this i know there was so much in my years as a lead pastor that i found frustrating in that i had this huge vision for where i wanted things to go and yet there was so little that i actually had control over in terms of the church budget in in terms of attendance in terms of people's spiritual growth i mean i could see the big picture but there were times i just felt like a caged tiger pacing the floor of my office like i need to have something to go do i need something to pour this energy into now, I get it. Not everybody's wired like me. Not everybody's this tightly wound, you know, type A driven personality. But some of us are as pastors. And man, how how healthy is it where we can have an outlet? That's maybe a good word. Having an outlet beyond ministry where we're not constantly popping the hood on the church and making adjustments under the hood that maybe should probably mm-hmm. just be left alone. But we've got all this energy that needs to be poured into something And so for me, I found it very helpful to have other things in addition to my vision and my calling as as a pastor to have some stuff beyond the four walls of the church that could consume some of that drive and some of that energy. What would you say to that?
1: Well, I'd say that that's the the positive side of that, and there's also— another side that's more of a red flag. And that is when, when pastors get to, especially if they get to a a stage of their ministry, once they may be a couple or three, even three decades in, and they sort of have a rhythm to life. They're, they're not as there's not as much of a sense of, of urgency. Maybe um, they're getting close to being empty nesters or possibly kids are in high school. They don't take as much one-on-one attention anymore. And so the pastor then has, more time and more more time margin and you want to be able to channel those things in healthy ways what happens when what happens when pastors get bored or kind of put things on autopilot often are not very good when when david stayed home in the old testament when, when king david stayed home and did not go out with his troops things didn't turn out very well
0: that's a good point. So you're saying in addition to having an outlet, it also gives you an outlet, you know, if in case you're in case you're on that side of getting bored and needing something, a new challenge, a new horizon, something yes. else to pursue. And idle but,
1: idle hands, man. Yeah.
0: That's good because again, sometimes in church world, we don't need to be taking the next hill. That was something that I had to learn and it was hard for me as a young leader, very driven. You know, sometimes I think I might have led too hard and pushed too hard where we don't need to be taking another hill. We need to just let people breathe and rest, but it's like, mm-hmm. well, but I'm not ready. I'm ready to go do the next thing. So again, man, if I had something or when I had those things outside of ministry, it gave me a healthy outlet. And, and I think that's what I want to stress in all of this.
1: Well, Hey, could I ask you a question since we've, we've taught up, we've brought up control a couple of times. Absolutely. What about the, what about the person that would say, yeah, man, but there's just something about having that security of that paycheck coming in every couple of weeks, you know, or ever a couple times a month, man, I don't know. I, I want that security and I really need that security. What would you say to that?
0: Well, first of all, security. Well, I, I feel as a pastor, I have to say our security is found in God, right? He's our ultimate source of provision. And we all know that. But having said that in this world, security is really a myth. This idea that you have a, a job that drops your paycheck into your you know, checking account every two weeks, that can be gone in a heartbeat. It really can. So I understand when someone says that where they're coming from, that maybe that does feel secure. But my challenge to that, my pushback would be, I want that for you too. So let's build a business that's providing that. Let's let's do some things that you can show up in the world in such a way that you're serving other people and you are Really, growing that level of security. Now, we all think of you know entrepreneurship as being a risky endeavor, and certainly there's elements of that. But I think this can be done in a smart, measured way where you don't have to go leverage your family's financial future or even their sure. present to to do this. You know, and we're not prescribing unless you and I don't have any particular business we're trying to you know push people into, or there's not a prescribed route. So there's many options and many ways of doing this. I think it can be done in such a way that the risk is minimal and the upside is great, that that we can see these pastors really thriving uh, because they are entrepreneurs, not in spite of it.
1: Do you think sometimes people misinterpret consistency with security? Say more. What do you mean by that? Well, if you get a consistent paycheck for a period of time— that can lull you into a false sense of security that it's going to continue, Absolutely. but it may and it may not. I would, if, but, it, but if, if a person has say two or three other streams of income, if one is impacted by things that you can't control a, a decision by a board or by our economy or by interest rates or yep. some other variable that you can't control, if you are not completely dependent upon that, even though it's consistent, it may not be, Always consistent. It may not
0: always be there. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, you could just take that into this statement then that another benefit of being an entrepreneur as a pastor is it can take pressure off of the church because there could be seasons where it's like, man, if the church goes into a financial skid of some sort or things dry up a little, we've all been through those seasons, right, as pastors maybe then we can take a little pressure off the church going hey my family's okay we have another stream or, or multiple streams of revenue not that i'm saying a pastor should not be reimbursed by the church and paid fairly for the work that they do i mean i believe that's biblical so i'm not opposed to a church paying their pastor but man that takes pressure not only off the pastor and his family but the church as well like and again i don't want i don't I'm, i want to be careful in saying that i'm not prescribing that the church takes advantage of the fact that their pastor is a successful entrepreneur and says, oh, good, we don't have to pay you now. Uh, no, keep paying your pastor. But but it takes a little bit of pressure off in those seasons where maybe we, we're not in a strong position to make the paycheck. And again, I have been there. I don't know if you ever have been, Les, but where church is not really in a strong position to write the paycheck this, this week. For, for me as a pastor, that's a tough place to be. So I want to help pastors not be there. That's right.
1: And don't you think, having, having been there yourself and also having been successful in the marketplace and helping other ministers, other pastors become successful, what does it do to a pastor's boldness or, or confidence level as he leads and as he preaches, you know, the, the full counsel of Scripture When he when he can stand there and know that he doesn't completely depend upon whether or not somebody likes that message.
0: Absolutely. As far as his
1: livelihood is concerned.
0: Les I'm sure you've heard these stories as well. And I've heard many of them over the years where some power player in the church, you know, a member of the board, a a high giving family in the church, whatever, someone comes up to a pastor after a sermon they did not like, that might have hit too close to home and puts a finger in the pastor's face and says you will never preach that message again if you want to keep working here. Now it's never mm-hmm. happened to me personally, but that has happened to many pastors, you know, throughout history where people have basically said, "We're going to threaten you with the paycheck. We're going to hold the paycheck over your head. We don't want to hear that type of message." And so when a pastor is solely dependent upon the church for their single source of income, that can that can make a dilemma. Now we all know the textbook answers, man. You preach God's word regardless of what may come your way. I think we all understand that. And and there's many brave pastors that will do that, even if it means losing their job. But how cool would it be to have that pastor in a place of boldness where it's like, I don't need the paycheck. You're not going to scare me by threatening me with that. My family's not dependent upon this church for our financial well-being. That's right.
1: Completely different um, mindset of freedom. When, you, when they've got that.
0: Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. You know, the, the last thought I would add, we could probably keep coming up with more here, less, but it's simply this. It is, it's impossible to serve out of an empty cup. And I see so many pastors in this place where they have been giving and giving and giving for years upon years, even decades after decades. And you get to a point, if your cup is not full, you're not in a place of strength and abundance to continually keep giving. And at some point, this is one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, it's one of the reasons, though, that I think we see so many pastors just burning out and l- walking away from ministry just completely spent with nothing left, because they have been serving on out of an empty cup for way too long.
1: Mm. I mean, that's so true. And hopefully, by by us getting this message out and growing this community, that's going to be changing. Yeah. I really believe it will.
0: Absolutely. Well, Les, I'm excited about where we're going with this podcast. I'm excited about the lives that are going to be impacted as you and I continue to have this message. In the days ahead, we're going to be bringing on some phenomenal guests to, do, uh, to, to bring in and do some interviews with. And uh, the big thing we're, we're telling people about right now is our live event coming up in October. You want to share that the details of that real quick with our audience?
1: Sure, our first, our inaugural event, man, yeah. our Entree pastors live will be October the twelfth. It's going to be at the beautiful, tell me the name of the resort the again, The Casey Key
0: Resort in Osprey, Florida. And in Osprey, Florida,
1: beautiful place. It's going to be all day. It's going to be packed with people and uh, uh, who can who can speak into this along with us. And our goal is, when you leave that room, our goal is for you to have a strategy or some next steps to take on your own entrepreneurial journey to, to live, to think, to live, to act like a prospering a prosperous entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, man, you and I were able to get Dan Miller to agree to come and be a guest at this. That's awesome. We've got a couple others that Uh, For sure, well, I'm just going to say I think for sure are going to be there. I don't want to say their names yet because we don't for sure, for sure know. But it's going to be a powerful event, and if someone wanted to learn more about it or get registered, we're sending them right now to your website because we don't have Mm -hmm. the Entree Pastors website up and live. So give us the details there, Les. How do we find you?
1: It's easy. If you just go to leshughes.com. Go to that site at the very top. There will be a a bar, an announcement, and a button. You push on that, and it gives you all of the facts of that event.
0: Awesome. Go check it out, guys. It's going to be a phenomenal event, and uh, help us get the word out on this podcast. Share it with other pastors that you know. Go to whatever podcast platform you listen to podcasts on, and uh, give it a rating and review. Subscribe to it. Do all the things that we do with the podcast, and that'll help us get it out in front of more people until next week, guys, thanks so much. Thanks for being with us. Let's have a good week, my friend. We'll talk to you soon.
1: You too, John. See you guys.